Titus here, not the experts business. What's happening? It's been a good minute. Been a good, good minute. I'm sorry, life happens. I've been out the way. But I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? I'm here now. It was a kind of bit interesting week this week in sports. We're gonna get to some of the stuff that happened over the week. I'm gonna give you my takes. You give me your takes in the comments, and then we go from there. You feel me? We can review. Good classic we can review. I'm Titus. This is not the experts. Um happy. Uh, Labor Day weekend. I don't know what Labor Day is. Uh, I wanted to see a poll of who knows what Labor Day is. Like, how many people actually understand what Labor Day is? Because I have no idea what it is. I don't know what its significance. I just know people be off and they eat food. That's all I really know about it. But, you know, it's extra day off for some people, so good for them. Good for the teachers who deserve an extra day off. Lord have mercy. Y'all be doing a lot. I'm glad y'all have an extra day, personally, for the teachers and everybody in the school system. Salute to y'all, specifically, for sure. Uh, I'm here, man. I want to talk about some of the news this week. Let's start at the top, man. Cam Newton was cut by the New England Patriots. He was released and sent off to freedom. He's gone. Mac Jones is now the starter in New England. Um, This was a bit of a shock. Not that Mac got the starting job, but the fact that... Although that was kind of shocking because Ball reports Cam had taken off for the first team reps until he missed time, which, you know, that might be it. Um... Cam's taking off first team reps this week this year. But the Patriots decided to go with Mac Jones and they released Cam Newton. Releasing Cam seemed kind of crazy because like, don't you wouldn't you rather have a backup that's not named Brian Hoyer and like a mentor that's not named Brian Hoyer? But it could have been a fact of you of it could be a, a bunch of things, right? It could be one that Cam is a um Cam missed a lot of time missed some key time in camp due to a COVID situation and which presumably meant that he was not vaccinated which meant he was not i mean your availability is questionable at that point right questionable availability so that's it's not a game that's gonna fly this year you know um so it could be that and he's not if they had they felt max ready then cam is not as needed and only a few a few elite guys can get away with that level of problem in terms of like not being available cam is not one of them he's not and i think we, we see that now right uh i think I don't know how I feel about Mac Jones. Um, I have questions about these guys in college that are at these schools that are just super uber talented. And it's like, you just have to not be terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very, it makes playing quarterback extremely easy and much easier than it will be in the NFL when you have the offense that Mac Jones had last year. And I'm not certain how that transfers and carries over to the pro level. So I'm always a little questioning of that. I said the same thing about Tua. I, I've always felt like this. I feel kind of similar about Trevor. Like, I just want to see it on the field. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I just need to see it on the on national NFL field where the talent gap is not as wide as it was in college, right? That's where I need to see it at. So, you know, Mac Jones now starting in New England. He's got the best coach in, in uh, NFL history. So that, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive, right? It's definitely a help, right? It's not a negative. It's a very, very good thing. So I do think he's in good hands up there. Um, the thing with Cam, now the stories around Cam now is like, well, he was bad last year. He was this, he was that, which I understand he wasn't great last year. But also I think last year needs context. For one, they were not a 
that wasn't a good team overall. No one, no quarterbacks would have been good with that team. The team was terrible. It was not a good football team. They had a lot. Of, it was missing a lot of key players. Had a lot of um, a lot of key players. Had some opt outs. They had a receiving core that was just awful. Had tight end. Had they, they were just bad, man. The offense was just bad. There was nothing. There was no saving that offense last year, right? There was nothing you could do to save that offense. Now we come into this year, and they made some moves. You know, they added some pieces. Had Hunter Henry, guys like that, to their core, the offensive core. And it's like, okay, you might have some building blocks of something here. But also, Cam last year was bad, but also Cam was decent until, until, until he caught COVID last season. Um, And once he caught COVID, he went down a little, make sure I said the right name. Yeah, okay. So I said the right name, Hunter was the right name. But yeah, uh, he was good until he caught COVID. When he caught COVID, he, went, he fell off a cliff last season. And it was a very, very rough season. And maybe that's just Cam being... You know, maybe he's a little wise. He's taken a lot of hits in his career. Had you know, longevity was never something that we thought was going to be there for Cam. I don't think realistically, right? So maybe, maybe he doesn't have that in him anymore. Do I think he can provide a team something? I do for sure. For sure, I think Cam can provide a team with something. But I'm not knocking the Patriots for moving on. I think cutting him is kind of wild. But I understand the landscape we're in. Why? Why it happened? Uh, what I do want to see for Cam Newton, Philly, go get him. Go get him, Philly. Go get him. I understand we picked up Gardner Minshew for whatever we traded for Gardner Minshew for whatever reason. I don't. I, never has a has a mustache done more for a man's middling career than Gardner Minshew. He's not. He has a mustache, and people think he looks cool. So people think he's good at football. He's not. He's not. I don't want him on. I like. That's fine. I need to keep him at third string. He needs to stay right at third string. So what I'm saying is, get your Flacco off the team. Cut your Flacco. Pick up Cam, and let's roll. Cam and Jalen Hurts. Cam, you know, mentor Jalen Hurts. I like that better anyway. Flacco is not good at football. Hasn't been good in a very long time. Cam has been good more recently than Flacco has. I would much rather have Cam behind Flacco. I mean, behind Jalen Hurts than Flacco. I don't want to see Joe Flacco touch a football in the regular season game. If I see it happen, I'm, I'm, if, if Joe Flacco, if, that, if I look at a game and it says Joe Flacco is starting, or because something happens, Jalen Hurts, God forbid, and Joe Flacco is starting. I'm not watching that game because I'm not watching. I'm not watching Joe Flacco play football because why would I? I don't hate myself that much. All right, I don't. I don't hate myself enough to watch Joe Flacco to choose to watch Joe Flacco play football. You know what I'm saying? Now we might lose with Cam for sure. We might lose with Cam. He might be washed, but I would feel more comfortable having Cam on the field than I would having Joe Flacco on the field. So please cut. You know, if if he wants, you know, if he goes out there, sees there's not really any starting jobs out there. You know what I'm saying? Houston's an option, but. It's probably not happening. Right? I feel like they're pretty settled on what they got going on over there. They, they're trying. I mean, they're settled on their trajectory to the number one pick in the draft next season. They are on the path, baby. Number one. They're going to finish. Number one. Top of the draft. Yes, sir. Uh, I feel like that doesn't work out. Hey, come come to Philly, bro. Just, just come on. Come on to Philly, bro. Love it. We got cheese ste- They got cheesesteaks. All kind of stuff. You love it there. Come to Philly. Get your flack off my team. That's personally where I stand with that. The Patriots now. We got Alabama on, on Alabama Crime Week 1. We got Mac Jones versus Tua Tungavaloa Week 1. Ooh, I said his name. I, yeah. Got Mac Jones, Tua Tungavaloa Week 1. Um, Brian Flores. I saw a story today that Brian Flores, you know, told the team that Tua is our starter. That is our guy. And that meant a lot for Tua going forward because Tua's been in a weird spot with that team, man. Last season, you know, we had the Fitzpatrick situation, which everyone saw coming except Brian Fitzpatrick. Apparently, he was going to lose his job. And he's still crying about it. Well, no, I won't say crying. That's disrespectful. He's still talking about it too much, and I'm kind of over it. But, you know, um, I personally didn't think Tua should have played last year because, you know, he broke his hip. 
So it's like, you're gonna, he broke his hip. What do you expect from him? I didn't expect much to Tua last year. I feel like the criticism on him was harsh because he had no, they had no preseason last year. He was unable to play. He was unable to be in camp for a long time because of the COVID situation. He wasn't healthy at all because, you know, he broke his hip. So he wasn't healthy. So I feel like the expectations on him last season were way too high anyway. I feel like the criticism of him is too, was too much. It's like, yo, I don't know what y'all expected realistically from this guy. So to see him finally get that vote of confidence, finally the team is his. Because, you know, the Dolphins win rumors to get Deshaun Watson, which personally I think if you're a franchise talking about trading or adding Deshaun Watson right now specifically, you're kind of a terrible person and you're also kind of a terrible a stupid organization because that's there's too much on his head to be trying to sign that man right now trying to get that man to see your franchise right now seems a little stupid and a little and a little icky right it's a little gross to try and get sean watson on your football team and play him actively right now that's you know that's that's just that could just be me though maybe that's just me <laughs> you know who am i but it seems a little gross don't do it uh so yeah that's the situation with the, with the in the nfl that one hit man camp got cut who was Got the starting job. Um, NFL starts next Thursday. Cowboys, Bucks. Um, hopefully, I will. We will be having an NFL show next week. I don't know if Josh will be on, but we'll. I'm trying to talk to him today and see, and we'll get that done next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Got a lot to talk about. It's gonna be a very, very interesting season. I'm developing an opinion that will probably shock a lot of you who know me, who have known me for a very long time. So be prepared for that. <laughs> be very prepared for that. Let's keep it in the and let's go on to the NBA, man. Let's talk about the latest soap opera drama situation in the NFL. We got the situation. Oh, what's this? Oh, okay, that's baseball. Latest NBA drama, man. We'll continue the NBA drama. We have the Philadelphia 76ers who are. Oh, what a mess, man. What a mess. The Philadelphia 76ers have just effectively, well, ever since their season fizzled out in that disgusting manner against Atlanta, they have they have been at a decision point where, you know, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers, you know, completely ran the bus. They didn't throw him under the bus. They drove the bus over. They tied Ben Simmons to the road, drove the bus over him, picked his body up, threw it on a train, and then push the button to start the train to get the train to also run over Ben Simmons and to put everything, all the onus, all the blame, all the responsibility for that failure of a series, that organizational failure of a series, all on Ben Simmons. This is not me being a Ben Simmons apologist. This is me being a real person right now. Because Ben was terrible. Yes, he was. You know what else was terrible? Doc Rivers. You know what else was terrible in, this was in some games? Joel Embiid. So uh, th- the fact they tried to throw all the, all the blame on him was kind of crazy to me because you all failed miserably. You were all disgusting in this series. Let's be honest. You shouldn't have lost to the Hawks. You did. You, you Terrible. Sick. Sickening. Gross behavior. So, uh, you know, they did that. They gave, showed Ben no confidence, which publicly, I don't like that. Behind the scenes, would understood. Publicly, kind of trash. But now it's all, you know, and be sweetened about, oh, I don't have any problems with Ben Simmons. He's he's cool. That's my guy. We had the, be- you know, we're one of the best duos in the league, blah, blah, blah. So sh- shut up, Joel. J- you don't mean that, Joel. He didn't actually mean that. Um, Daryl Morey is now trying, he's out here tweeting out, you know, the plus minus with their starting five on the court after trying to shot Ben Simmons all offseason. And Ben Simmons also saying, so th- the timeline is funny in Philly, right? Because they made it very clear that they were kind of trying to move on from Ben and break that duo up, which that duo should be broken up because at this point, if it's not, if they had, if they didn't get it done this year, they're never going to get it done. That duo is not going to get it done. The Ben Simmons Joel and B duo is never going to get it done. Period. 
Um, and the fact that, you know, they were trying to shop him. Ben obviously doesn't want to talk to anybody. Like, oh, Ben's not talking to anybody. We have nothing to talk about. One, you want to trade me. Two, y'all throw me under the bus. What we got to discuss? We're good. I'm good. I'm out. Holla at you. You know what I'm saying? Get me out of here. I understand that. Now, the situation is funny because the, t- the thing with Ben Simmons is that he is for sure a high-level talented player. I don't care what people think about. I know he. I know what happened in the playoffs. Well, I know what happened in the playoffs. You're not. What you can't do as a realistic NBA fan is diminish the talent that he has. Right? What he can do is incredible. The problem is what he can't do stands out in certain situations. In the situations he's put in, in Philadelphia, he needs to be somewhere where those those aren't. Those issues that he has can be worked around, which they can't be worked around in Philadelphia. They just don't have the pieces, don't have the roster to, to work around those issues, right? That being said, that's also kind of a problem when you're max, you're like a max level player has such glaring issues that you have to work around them so much, right? You know, um, you could say the Bucks and Giannis, but I mean Giannis has displayed a level of I don't care um, that Ben Simmons has not shown. In big situations, right? Like Giannis is willing to go get it and go look crazy, whereas Ben Simmons is more like, I'm gonna do what I know how to do. And Giannis is more comfortable being uncomfortable than Ben Simmons is, right? And that goes a long way. So I'm not comparing the two. But Ben is a guy who very clearly needs a team that is built towards his skill set, right? Not him and someone else. It needs to be built towards his skill set. That's that's their best option, right? And the problem that Philly's running into is just that Philly has Joel Embiid. They have to, they are in a, they have been a win now franchise or a playoff franchise since Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons stepped on the court, right? They've been in the playoffs every year they've had the two of those guys, if I'm not mistaken. They are, they are a perennial playoff contender, playoff team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together, right? Um, and they're a great, it's a great regular season fit, right? It's, a, it's an incredible regular season fit, the two of them together. When one of them is not there, it looks a lot different. Oh, uh, I know last year when Ben was out, they went 7-7 seven seven in that span, 500. Um, I don't know what the record is when Embiid is out, but I think it's it's decent, but it's not. They're not world beaters, right? They're cool, but they're not world beaters, right? But Ben excels when Joel isn't there. That's the other part that's weird about their situation. Um, ben definitely excels when Joel isn't there, but it explains like why you see you see the flash of why Ben needs his own operation. Now, the situation the Philadelphia has is they can't just accept any trade because they have to stay contenders, right? Philly doesn't want to take a step back. They don't want to go back to barely being a playoff team. They want to go back to being a four, a four, five, eight seed. They want to stay in that top three, tie that top three range in the East, which I understand because they don't want. I mean, I, I get it. You have Joel Embiid locked up. Honestly, I personally feel like Joel Embiid's the way his body, what his body's been through. I don't expect him to truly have a long, long, long NBA career. So I feel like the window is now with Joel. He's in his prime. He had a great year last year before he got injured. I, they know that the time is now, and you have to get pieces that can win a championship right now. The problem is the options for them to win a championship, um, to say in, in title contention, are not options that are good for the team to try and trade to, right? <laughs> because the perfect fit for Ben Simmons, there are two fits for me that stand out for Ben, so for ben Simmons trade. One is the Minnesota Timberwolves because Ben Simmons and Cat are a much better natural fit. Cat is one of the best shooting big men we have in the NBA. He shot, he shot a high volume. I think he shot 40% on eight threes a game last season, which is incredible, right? And he can make up for the defensive, for the deficiencies Cat has on the defensive end. And then you have Daniel Russell handle the ball a lot, you know? 
They can share a ball him and do it so you don't have been on ball as much and you have like spacing everywhere. You got Anthony Edwards, my guy Anthony Edwards out there, you feel me? The problem there is <laughs> what I don't know how Minnesota pulls that trade off and keeps the pieces that make Ben Simmons a good fit. Right? Because if I'm the 76ers, I don't see how I'm giving you Ben Simmons and I'm not getting back D'Angelo Russell, right? I'm getting back D'Lo. I have to get back D'Lo. I don't want draft picks and some good role players. I want I want a D'Lo back, a D'Angelo Russell ever player back for sure, and I understand that. And for Minnesota, that makes the trade not as good because like, yo, we want to bring Ben Simmons into we want to bring Simmons into this, not add Simmons and lose this. You know, so it's a very very weird situation there. And the second team that I think is a very very good fit. The Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. Yes, I said it. I said it. Yes, I said it. I believe in it. You know, some people don't. They're like, oh, Ben Simmons and Draymond spacing. How do you how do you manage that? You manage it by having two ridiculous well, you have two ridiculous defensive players on the court who and you have a man who can run in transition like Ben Simmons and kick that ball out or go finish at the rim. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I believe you put Ben Simmons on that team. That team is dangerous and scary. I truly believe that. But the problem for the Warriors is that Joe Lacob and that franchise in a weird. They're in this weird spot, which I don't think is gonna work out personally. Where they're trying to con- their old guard in the OGs in MB. I'm sorry, in Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson are winning out players. They are literal NBA champions. In, you know, MVP defensive player. They are champions. They're NBA champions, and they want to win championships. But, and the issue with that trade for them is the fact that, well, um, one is the spacing, which I do understand that is a valuable concern. But I, I personally think you can figure that out with those. I think I think it'd be worked out when you have Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, and it's because that they are not sold on parting from their young, their younger generation, like the James Wiseman, the the um, Moses Moody's, the Jonathan Kamingas that they drafted this year. Right, they're not sold on moving on from those guys. They want to keep those guys and see them as the because they see them as the next core that can bring up the next be the next wave for the Warriors, right? And if that's the case, then I don't know what you're giving up either. You know, Andrew Wiggins and stuff. But if you're Philly, I don't think you're interested in Andrew Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> that's not a contender move. They want to stay contenders. The other no, they want to stay contenders, and these are not moves that keep them contenders, in my opinion. And I think they feel the same way for one. Now maybe they can hold out. Maybe Dame, you know, the problem is, I mean, there's a lot of problems, right? Maybe Dame gets to camp and decides, you know what? He looks around, he looks around like, <laughs> Dame might walk in. I think they want Dame a little, right? So Dame hasn't demanded the trade yet. By the way, bro, just do it. It's okay. We understand you. It's if you want, if you want out, we understand. But I feel like Dame Lillard might get to camp and do the, um, do the look around like Robert California did in the office when he was going to take over the office. He might do look around and then just leave. I fully think Dame Lillard might do that. He's like, nah, this ain't it, bro. I'm out. And if Dame does that and he puts Philly as a destination that he wants to go to, well, there you go. You got your trade, you know? And Maury's holding out for that. Maury's been asking for, like, as for the world and the moon and the stars, apparently, from teams for Ben Simmons. And teams are just like, we're going to wait. We're just going to wait for it. Because, for one, why wouldn't we wait for it, right? Why wouldn't we have to just wait you out? Because you've already destroyed the situation. And now Ben has said that, they said it's come out that Ben met with management and told them, I want out. I am not coming to camp. Period. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not coming here. I'm not talking to y'all. I don't want nothing to do with y'all. And if that's the case, 
the leverage for Philly is running out and it's running very, very thin because you cannot drag the situation into the season. It cannot, cannot carry into the season. We saw how ugly it got with Houston and James Harden last year. If Ben wants to go that route, it's going to get very, very nasty in them, in them Philly streets, man. It's going to get dark out there. So they need to be very careful how they play this. And in my, I think Maury's already kind of blown it a little bit because of the way they've handled it so far. I don't think this is going to end well for anybody. It's already ugly as is. Um... Yeah, get Ben Simmons out of there, man. Just get him out of there. Gotta go somewhere. And I mean, Ben can make demands all he wants, but the fact is, bro, you got four years on your deal left. They can trade you anywhere. You know? They don't want to trade him anywhere, but you have a you have four years on your deal left, they can send you wherever they want to send you. Like I get you at preferences, and it would be good Philly to adhere to his preferences for the simple fact that, um, if he's giving the preference for real. For the simple fact that his preference, if you, you you want to do right by players because other players see that, right? We've seen it with Boston where, you know, the way they handled the Isaiah Thomas thing threw people off from going there, which I don't think they were getting free anyway because he wasn't trying to go to Boston for real. But um, you've seen that, and I think you want to do right by players, so you want to keep your reputation in the league uh, solid A1, right? You want to keep that A1. So I think it's a very weird situation, man, but it's going to be solved before the season starts, for sure. I, I fully believe this gets solved before the season begins. They can drag it out as much as they want. It's going to get nasty. It's going to be ugly, so they might as well get it done. Because, y'all, it's blown. It's, it's over with. This situation is done. Ben is out of Philly, and there's nothing you can do to save it at this point. It's done. So, you know, Ben is gone. We'll see what the next steps are for the Philadelphia 76ers, man. Last thing, college football started this weekend. Or started yesterday, technically, I guess. But it really did. Does college football really start until all the teams that matter play? Because the only team that mattered that played yesterday was Ohio State. I don't want to hear you, Boise fans. I don't want to hear you, South Florida, Central Florida, whichever one of them sorry Florida schools played. I don't care what y'all think. You don't matter. You're irrelevant. Who cares? Um, college football didn't really start. It starts. It didn't start to me. It starts Saturday. You know, we got a nice opening weekend in terms of name recognition. You see how, see how I just how I put a distinction there in terms of name recognition? Because, in my to me, week one college football, all the teams are bad. Every team is bad in week one of college football. You know why? Because there's no preseason for one. And two, they're trying to, half these teams are trying to figure out their roster. They're trying to figure out, oh, who this guy's good at this. They're trying to figure out the offense. This first live, real live action for guys. So, like, I don't expect this to be... The team that how they team look in week one, I don't expect them to look like that at the end of the season, right? Alabama is a team that never looks the same from week one all the way to week ten or eleven, right? They're a very different team as the season goes on. Just for example, right? Clemson's the same way, right? They're cool week one, but they're always they always get better as the season goes on. So like week one, got some big names, but it's also all the teams. To me, every team week one is just not good. It's too much to try to figure out on the fly, which is why I respect Georgia and Clemson for playing good. A big game in week one, right? That's a whoo, that is a matchup, man. Georgia Clemson is a matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Um, they play at 7:30 in the Duke's Mayo Classic. I we gotta stop calling things. I don't like that in college football, the word classic isn't earned. They just call something a classic, like in the title. How you just gonna make something a classic in the title? Like, no, nah, ain't, ain't this ain't a Mayo classic. No, it's not a classic. It's just y'all put on a neutral side game. I don't want to hear about, talking about it as a classic. It's not a classic. It's just a football game, right? That's that's my small rant. I'm sorry. That's just top feel, man. The Duke's Mayo. Duke's Mayo classic don't even sound right. The Duke's Mayo that don't sound right as a as a staff label or a crew. I don't like the sound of it. Um, Clemson is favored by three points. That is at seven thirty on ABC. 
That game is it. That game's in North Carolina. The game they played in North Carolina at Bank of America. It's Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we got Alabama, Miami, which I mean, Miami. I think this isn't a good game either. It's not. I know people are gonna lie themselves and tell themselves that it is, but it's not really a good game. Who cares? I don't. It's not a good game. Alabama. Alabama about 30, 20 something. They're gonna win by a lot. They haven't lost one of these games yet. Alabama's done a really good job of playing these neutral side games against teams that aren't actually that good. And then getting this booster of a neutral site win against teams that aren't actually good. They've been doing this for a good minute, too. It's a good it's a good Ponzi scheme, honestly. It's a very good Ponzi scheme they're running on the whole nation <laughs> that they're running there. Um, yeah, I think those are just my quick takes on that. Like, oh, we did the College Football Podcast. Levi and Chris did the College Football Podcast. That is back. So please go listen to that. That should be the episode before this one. You know what I'm saying? If you're not listening in order. So check that out if you're into it. Um, I need to get up there because Chris and Levi be agreeing too much sometimes. And I mean, they need sometimes they need just a toxic voice to descend and give you hot takes. So I probably pop in and do that a little bit too, because that's what I. It's just my mood. It's my energy. <laughs> it's my energy. Uh, but yeah, salute to them. Check out that show. Check that pod out. And you know, we got a lot of content coming up. Football's coming around, so we are about to be lit, lit, lit. You know, what I'm saying over here, NT. It's about to be a very, very active time for us, because you know, sports are really in in deep right now. We're not having to scratch the bottom of the world for stories shang chi came out might have a review for y'all for that next week i'm, I'm gonna try and check it today or tomorrow i'm not sure or sometimes we can watch it you know and I'm, I'm definitely gonna get to that at some point this weekend shout out to shout out to marvel shout out to what if Are y'all watching what if what if is crazy this what if series is incredible last two episodes man been wild the marvel the avengers uh initiative one and this doctor strange one lately Whew, they've been on fire marvel's having a crazy run right now like they are at an MVP level at all times. Salute to them for that. Salute to y'all for listening. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Labor Day, whatever that means. Happy extra day off of work. You know what I'm saying? Salute to you. Salute to y'all. Be easy. Be out. <laughs>